I got Jesus. I got joy. Amen. Well, um, let's bow in a word of prayer. Father God, as we come this morning, first thank you for our time together. Thank you for helping me to understand I have to stay within the boundaries of your word. It's not how I feel, not what I think, just what I must do in obedience to your word. I, th I think about what that means as far as how it uh, blesses when all of us do that, Lord. How you're free to really operate in and do our lives. So lean and guide us now as we move on improving my life walk in Christ. If you go to phase three, Lord, uh, help us again to understand. We have to understand concepts so that we can properly function. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, uh, the verses. We're dealing now. We're in Ephesians. We uh, looked at uh, Ephesians 4. Went to 4. Uh, then we went to part of 5. And um, 5 is broken down to two major areas. Uh, now what happens is. First it talks about how you should walk. And, and stay in the will of God. And everybody says amen. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have my plan. God says now good. Now, let's put it into another context. And here's where people start getting real quiet. People get quiet when you talk about their finances. Uh, folks get quiet when you talk about sex. And folks get quiet when you talk about family and how it should run. So then, this is not Don Racket. I'm just finishing out, you know, uh, what Ephesians 5:31 says. So we're going to go through here. And what I want to do is expand and give you the concept whether you agree or disagree really doesn't matter because it's truth okay and proverbs 12 17 that where there's truth then there must be a ballot of a proof and sure enough this is what this is so with that said therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this mystery is profound and i'm saying that if it refers to, uh, to Christ, uh, that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife. God pay his wife. Be totally sold out to her ultimate good. We're not talking about emotions right now. If emotions there, praise the Lord. But you still stay, stay the course, okay? Love his wife as himself, okay? Then, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Well, now notice it didn't say wife love a husband. You got two different words. It's now, let's begin to break this thing open into what it's all about. Are you ready for this, this trip? Okay. I'll see how many survive it through all of this. Today there are thousands of viruses that exist affecting every aspect of our human existence. Consider this. There is a standalone virus that can be utterly destroyed. The spiritual virus of the soul. To destroy this virus, it must be filtered through the will of God. Through what? It must be Bible-based or it is baseless. I, I said, let me write that down, Donald. Thank you. All right. For the record, there is nothing we are able to physically do to destroy, control, or suppress this dangerous and destructive virus. And it's a spiritual virus. 
There's nothing that a doctor can recommend, a psychologist can analyze and work on. This is a, something that's happening in the spirit world. And God says, I'm in control of this. And whenever you have a problem uh, in a relationship, in a family, whatever case, it never starts with the person. It always starts with God. It always starts with who? Because whenever you, that happens, I have, uh, I have found that there's not a, a, a Christian marriage that have fallen apart and they were believers and they walked with the Lord. There's never been a divorce. Never. If so, point it out to me. Point it out. I've done my homework. Maybe I'll overlook and I'll jot this down so I'll shut my mouth in this area. Just show me, but I'll show you that every time, over 40 years of counseling, every time it's not what the person have done and sometimes it's literally mind-boggling mind-boggling but what it is is that they first disobeyed god they had a now first i understand they did not have the proper concept my responsibility to this congregation i'm not trying to change the world at this point i just want you to understand if we understand the concept and we function in the concept god is uh, god is pleased your families will be stabilized, and you will be a witness and a blessing to others. That's what it's all about. Question, what are the signs of this virus existing and growing in the family structure? Um, here's some of the signs of the virus. Just like if you have a cold. One, little or no spiritual growth. Okay. Number two, no commitment. Number three, no significant communication. 87% of marriages fall apart because their communication has fallen apart. They're, one person is talking about this, and another person is talking about that, and their emotion is attached to this and that, and they never come for closure. Okay. Various agendas and expectations that conflict with a sense of unity. You see, when you operate outside of God's, God's word, what happens is you have you begin to set your boundaries and your agendas and everything else, and then your expectation, and expect your mate or whoever it is, uh, yeah, got to be your mate, uh, your mate uh, to uh, go along with the plan. But the question is this, what is your agenda? When a couple come in for, for counseling, I, the first thing I ask is, uh, what are your expectations? And, um, and they say, well, I want this. And, I, and I, write, I write everything down. I write everything down. I say, and this is what you expect, yes. Uh, I expect that we bring about a resolution. Yeah. Are you committed to this marriage? Yes. Uh, okay, then we're ready to go. Then I ask, for the next question I ask, have you ever lied to your mate? Then the person get quiet, okay? But matter of fact, do you lie? And the person said, well, yeah, I, you know, sometimes. Okay, let's look at sometimes. If the Lord told us not to lie to one another, then lying is to take lying off the table. God, you are not to lie. So why do you lie if God told you not to lie? Well, I didn't want them to dislike me. I didn't. I didn't want this conversation to go any further, or I really wanted to raise, or I. Oh, so you decided that you lie and then turn around and ask God to forgive you later on in the evening? Please, please. And so various agendas. Then divisive attitudes and activities. 
be careful of that. Um, well, we, we can go on with this, but I, I just I need to get you through this, this part. Okay, but you got the general idea uh, with the question. Uh, what are the signs? Now, thinking it through. When it comes to marriage, the Lord has placed strict and non-negotiable, I should have underlined it six times, boundaries that must be observed at what time? I'm sorry, my ears are so bad. What, what did I say again? Oh, thank you so much. I, I'm, I'll, I'll be working on getting this earwax out. Paul penned the prevention and cure for marriages that are infected by this virus, this spiritual virus. Um, and it's, here we have, and there's only one outline. Isn't that nice? Okay, well, we had one outline last time. But one outline. Their guidelines and functions as a godly family. And so what he's saying is, if you follow uh, my, the functions of a godly family, and we're now talking about marriages, and we're talking about what, what Paul is writing and what God has so ordained, non-negotiable, then we begin to walk through this process. So then, let's do this. We, we have from verses 22 to 33. We're going to finish this, okay? All right, let's go. The guidelines and function of a godly family. Thinking it through. Because of the endemic effect on the family, Paul addressed the fleshly tendency of the husband and wife to operate outside of the will of God. Let me say this in um, we'll just give a, a brief background on this. When you look at Genesis, I think it's 126, 27, 28, you go through that, and you have kind of said, and God said to them, and God said to them, and God said to them. It didn't say God said to the man. He said to them, to them, to them. And every time I would have a couple say, every time you see the word them, look up at, up at me. And so they read, and then they looked up. And I said, what does it say? Them. Okay, so then when the marriage, while God set, set it up, he says, he said to them as a team, very unique, man and woman. Okay, he said to them, here's the way things should be. Okay, anything other than that is off the table and against the will of God. So then what happened? Why is the man ahead of the household? Um, because he's a man? No. That's not it. Uh, and we have, need to understand that where there is a position, there is a responsibility and accountability. Okay. And so what happened was sin have entered the relationship, the relationship between Adam and Eve. Now God sets up a plan that what has been fractured will come back together. But this time it will stay together because he will have it very clearly marked out what should happen. So then what happened was this. Uh, the snake did not go to Adam because Adam knew already. The snake went to who? Eve. Not because, she was, not because she was dumb, not because of any of those things. He knew that she wasn't around, she didn't hear it, but Adam heard it. And so what happened was this. Eve, and they shouldn't have been in the middle of the garden in the first place, around, I mean, in the middle of the garden around the tree in the first place. That's first level of disobedience. And then, uh, listen to Satan, she bites to the fruit. Adam is standing right there. Didn't say that Eve went looking for Adam. Adam was standing right there listening to the whole conversation. Should have smacked that fruit out of her hand. Instead, he just, okay. Which means what? He had another gender in his back pocket, okay? And so what happened was, she turned and gave it to Adam. Adam, you don't see no resistance. 
but Adam bit of the fruit. That was the beginning of the virus that have destroyed marriages and generations. And so what, what's happening now is that Paul and, and other passages of scripture begin to deal with this serious situation. If you don't hear this, I guarantee, my, I'll, put, I'll put my whole farm on it, everything I have, I guarantee you, either you will never experience true happiness and joy. Either you're on the level of divorce, and I forgot the sheet, um, I'll send it to you, about um, the number of divorces, did research on uh, divorces, and, uh, and the list is so long of how many different divorces that take place, and 65% of individuals who get married uh, get a divorce. It's, it's dangerous. Uh, so uh, Donald, remind me to put that in, to, to send that uh, copy, because I already made a, a copy of it. Uh, but the resources there, you do the homework, see what they say about it, and why, uh, and then see whether they were in line with God or outside of the will of God. So the first thing he does is, he breaks it down to two parts. The first thing he does is he addresses the women. You know, and men say, yes, tell my wife, she got to listen to me. I'm the man of the house. Tell her to listen to me. All right. So what the, here's what I found. Whenever God addressed a wife, He's going to address the husband. Okay. Uh, so he's, he always, that's, that's because God is no respecter of persons. Okay. So then what's going to be said to the wives? It might sound rough, but understand there is an endemic fight that's going on within you that will cause you to go outside of the will of God. And when you step outside of the will of God, you're in Satan's territory. Okay. So, so then he says, the woman's function as a wife, help me. That, that's one uh, who comes alongside. When we talk about the whole idea of help me, and this is why, guys, please learn this lesson. Please uh, learn. Please learn this lesson. Your wife comes along, and she's your help me. Matter of fact, here's here's an example. You tell your wife, baby, you know what? I really need to start losing some weight. I think I will start exercising this Friday. All right, you forgot all about it. And the wife says, you're going to exercise this Friday? Yeah, you said you were going to exercise this Friday. You said you're going to lose weight. Well, quit bugging me about my weight. Who, why is she bugging him about his weight? Because what the happens is that the wife took it and took ownership to help him be the best that he could be. Get the idea? So then I, I've learned, I learned some lessons. I know how to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> See, and, uh, uh, and other times I'll, I'll, I'll share things because the moment I share it, then I know what my wife's going to do. She's going to jot it down, and she said, and this is the day for a uh, meeting, and this is the day for such and such. Why is she saying that? I told her, okay? And she's to help me, okay? So don't get irritated about something that you've, you've told your wife because it's God's uh, design for you to do, so you can do your best as a leader. If you're not freed up as a leader, you're still fighting your wife because somebody, you're trying to take over. No, you told me to do such and such and such. Okay? Say, Mom, you're crazy. Listen, you told me this is what happened. And so Paul says, listen, wives, you have a very specific uh, task. Don't step over the line because who you think you are. 
you're nothing apart from Christ. And if you're in Christ, you abide in him at all times. I don't like that. I don't care. I really don't care. Do what you're told. Okay. So it says, wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. See the example? For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and himself as Savior. And so we, uh, we see this as here's the principle. It's laid out there. Um, the husband didn't say the husband should be, could be, ought to be. And it's the present perfect tense. The husband is. Now, how did he become a is? Because God set him up and says, this is where the husband is. But understand, where he is or whoever's in the head, there are pressures that's on the person who's in leadership. Tremendous pressures. And you have to answer not only for yourself. Listen carefully. But you have to answer to God. So I don't care how smart you think you are and all these other in your background and all this. Listen. Here's what God says when it comes down to that relationship. We must know and embrace the concept of a godly marriage. We must faithfully and unconditionally be committed to our Father's plan. There are no exceptions. We must deliberately become detached from our personal interests for the ultimate good of our spouse. Um, I don't know whether you're there yet, guys. Uh, if not, jot it down. Okay. Let's go to the next slide. We must develop a strong fellowship with the Lord, which will receive God's approval and blessing, which will develop a significant bonding, which will reveal a, a bold statement to the unsaved, which is an affirmation of our commitment to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When God sees all of us operating as we should, there's first spiritual growth in your walk with the Lord. If you're disobedient, it says that uh, if I regard iniquity in my heart, what? The Lord will not hear me. And that's why when you find out Malachi, you find that the guy that's crying away, I think it's the second chapter, and he's weeping, and he said, and he said that the Lord is not answering his prayer. He says, I'll tell you why. He said, because you have been rough on the, the, your, for your friend, the wife of your covenant. He says, I'm not going to do a thing until you get your act together. Oh. The marriages that are falling apart and the reason that people are getting married today, it is literally mind-boggling. And the statistic goes up to second marriage and what have you, how long they last. They're giving timelines. The research is there. I want you to understand the concept. I disagree. That's okay. Understand the concept. Which is an affirmation of our, again, commitment to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's move to the next slide. Uh, now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives must submit in everything to their husband. Now, let me back it back up, slow it down just a little bit here. Okay. So also wives should submit in everything, 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 everything to the husbands. Now, to break it out, it says 
to the person, the wife and husbands. The process as to the Lord. The position, the husband is the head. The answering person. The pattern, the church mirroring the pattern of Christ's submission to the Father. When you do this, you're just like Christ submitting to the Father. The procedure, the wives also must be submissive in everything. Now understand, when you, when you get married, you, you bring in all of these, what they call idiosyncrasies, little queer things that get on your last nerve. Um, uh, the person doesn't clo close the drawer all the way. You walk by and you hit your knee. And well, just all you do is close the drawer. Why do you have to just leave the drawer? Don't have to be sloppy like this. This might be true. Or, or come down to two pace. One squeeze it in the middle. One squeeze it at the end. One squeeze it at the top. But what, what, listen, you don't have to. But it's the this thing. Just look, look, roll, roll it, roll it, roll. Just leave it. Roll, roll, roll your boat. Just, just roll it up. Up until it's all filled. Uh, and so, guess what? And then the argument breaks out over two pace. People stop talking to one another because I'm not going to shut another drawer. You just stop it. And then you run across a person who says, I shut drawers all the time. You say, You see, why don't you be like her? You know? And if, you know, if, uh, if your marriage is getting bad, then listen, I'm your drawer shutter. All the time. You look out, listen, listen carefully. Look out for the 80-20 rule. The 80 things that your wife does for you, the 20 cannot match up to. She must, might shut the drawer, but won't shut her mouth. Double day, listen, you decided. Okay, oh, let me go on, let me go on. So then, um, the position of pastor, the uh, husband is, is head of the, uh, is the answering person. The pattern, the church mirroring the pattern of Christ's submission to the Father. The procedure, the wives uh, also must be submissive in everything. All right, let's go to the next, next uh, slide here. Genesis revealed the impact of sin. So the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your sorrow and your conception. In pain shall, uh, you shall bear sons, and your desire shall be toward your husband, and he shall rule over you. This is what the Lord is saying. But listen carefully what it's saying. Please listen carefully. It says, in pain you shall bear sons, and your desire shall be toward your husband. This word, uh, and you can see this word desire, this word desire does not mean a feeling. You will love your husband. Uh-uh. You understand there's sin involved here. This word desire here, and you'll find it also in Genesis 4, 8, I believe it is, when God was talking to Cain. This word desire means you will try to usurp your authority over your husband. Says, but your husband will rule over you. Okay. Uh, and the whole idea is this, is to keep you in place so that when God can work his plan to his structure for the family. Except the Lord builds a house, they that build it labor in vain. And so we have to be careful in that area. Wives, submit to your husband, and it is fitting in the Lord. So we, we looked at that, and we we'll go to our next verse then. Josh, okay. 
the biblical response of the wife and the reason why it's necessary. Likewise, be in subjection to your own husband so that if any do not obey the word. Here's the reason. Listen. Here is the reason for the subjection. Listen carefully. There's always a reason why God, and God always addresses the, where the problem is. If there's a problem for the wife, then he has scripture for the wife. If there's a problem for the husband, he has scripture for the husband. We'll get to the husband. We've got a lot of things to do with the husband. But with the husband, it says this. Likewise, wives, be in subjection to your own husband. Here's the strategy. So that if any do not obey the word, okay, they may also be one without the word by the uh, conduct of the wife. And so by you just living according to God's word, God says, you take care of the outside, okay? And God says, I'll take care of the inside of this individual. Are you sure? Yes, watch this. Having witnessed your chaste behavior in the fear of God. One of my best friends in his relationship with his, uh, his wife, and he and uh, I had a chance to lead him to Christ over the phone. Uh, been friends for years. Um, he was a truck driver, and he was saying, "Man, I don't care how I treated my wife." He said it was her sweet spirit, and I just feel convicted at all the things I have done. It opened the door for me to witness to him, and he came to know the Lord as his personal Savior. Mary, my dear friend, she um, she always had that sweet smile and spirit, and um, and she was submissive to her husband, but never changed who she was. Being a child of God, you are. Don't ever let anyone change who you are. Now, I might address some of the flaws that need to come out of there. But who you are in Christ, don't let anyone change your position. Don't ever step down. Okay? Uh, so so then we look at the husband's function. Now we move to the husband. Okay? Although there's a whole lot of things we can say uh, concerning the wives. But it's husband time. What, what time is it now? Husband time. Okay. It says, husbands? Love your wives. He must be the priest, provider, protector, the lover, and servant leader of the home. That's your job. That's why when Jesus was talking about the strong man, it says that uh, no man can enter a strong man's house. That's the husband. The husband's house. You cannot enter a strong man unless you first bind the strong man. Then once you bind a strong man, then you can take the house. God says, no, husband, your responsibility. We live in a sin-cursed world. You are the priest, provider, protector, lover, and servant, leader of the relationship. And you cannot jump, drop, drop out of this because your wife is not going to do what you want her to say or, uh, or do. You cannot do that. You see, His position and function is unconditional. Man, I have a crazy wife. You're, that's your wife. Okay. okay. I can't stand her. She's your wife. You said I do. I didn't say I do. You said I do. And since you said I do in front of witnesses and for, before God, guess who's going to be held accountable? You're going to be held accountable. Okay. 
But the Lord, the Lord knew exactly what your wife was like. The Bible says, he that found a good wife found a good thing to take favor from the Lord. Did you ask God for your wife? And, uh, she was cute. Okay, then that's what you got. You got cute and crazy. All right, all right. Now, your responsibility is, as the head of the household, how do you bring cute and crazy into walking a holy life? As a priest, provider, protector, lover, and servant leader of the relationship. And you ever notice that Jesus Christ didn't scream at his disciples? He was always gentle. You know, the Lord does not scream at you because he already knows what you're going to do and say anyway. You, the purpose is to come where the person is and listen to, to where they should be in Christ. That's love at its best. So it's unconditional. The reason, Ephesians 5.25, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the word with, with the water with, with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. If you haven't written this down, uh, at least I want you to think about it. What is your spiritual goal for your mate? My spiritual goal for my mate is, okay, not my personal goal, my, you get the spiritual goal going and you're in good shape. Praise the Lord for that. Okay. Let's go on. The revelation. Ephesians 5, 28. In the same way the husband should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it just as Christ does the church. When you're hungry, you'll probably say, I'm hungry. What do you start doing? Looking for food. Okay. Uh, and you might be very particular. You know, I, I'm a person that eats eat filet mignon. You get hungry enough, you'll get that, that uh, bologna and, and uh, sandwich, and you're going to eat that bad rascal because you're hungry. Your body says, this is what I need. And guess what? You have to do that or your body will give you no rest. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it just as Christ does the church. You see, see what it's mirroring? It says, just as Christ does the church. It says, husband, you want to know how to be a great husband? Do what Christ did for the church. You don't need, you don't, do not need to read all of these stacks of books and everything. Just get to know Christ. Do what he says and you'll be right on spot every time. Because we are members of his body. You remember what they said? The husband and wife, they are one. Okay. Um, and, and I'm not a great math, mathematician, but I, I do, I do know that one plus zero is what? <laughs> one. one minus zero is what? One. It keep going one, one, one. But the moment you put two, it multiplies. It's two entities. The Lord didn't say two. He said one. The square root of one is what? One. 
Okay. Now that's far as I'm going to mathematics and what have you, and they put me out of school. But at least I hope you got the idea of what we talk about numerically. When the Lord say that you are one in essence, you're two different individuals, you're different in, in, in your makeup and your personalities and everything else, but they should never clash where it will shut you down as a couple. Never. And if, it, and if that is happening, you have a marital vi a virus that needs to be addressed. If you take care of it, it's going to be like uh, that uh, a COVID. You're going to find yourself in a very serious situation. Unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. Okay. Uh, let's go on to the next slide. Uh, Josh. His responsibility. Therefore, a man should leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. To those who might listen to this, whether ladies, if the man is still around his mama or his, his daddy, and he's gone 25 years old, there's a monkey on the line so, somewhere. Okay. Uh, the whole the whole Jewish practice is that when a man wants to, to get married, uh, that there's a, uh, there's a betrothal period, whereas the man make all the preparations and everything else. And so that when they get married, they say, well, hon, we're going to have to work. Excuse me, we? You're the priest, provider, protector, lover, and servant leader. What do you mean, we? We're not in France. We are here in America, and we, it means that I had to do it. But you understand the whole idea. Regardless of whether the wife works or not, our responsibility is to take care of the home. I made it my business as far as care. Whether Karen worked or not, it really didn't matter. Because when I come before the Lord, he's not going to go to Karen. He's going to come to me. And so I had to give an answer. Have I been all of this to Karen? And whatever do I need to improve? Self-improvement. You know, if folks come to church to hear about, what about me? I didn't quite get it. You know, this, I didn't get anything uh, out of it because it didn't fit me. I didn't feel good about me. Lord said, no, you get yourself together and then I'll power put in these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be what? Add it to you. When you walk through the door, the first thing the Lord wants to strip away is your idea of me. Flip it because it means we. You see, me, it happened because of sin. We is what God started off with in with Genesis. Same word, different angle, God's way. Amen? Okay. Um, Revelation. Right, let's go back to Revelation just one more time because we're almost finished. Um, Revelation. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying it, that it refers to Christ and the church. He says, I'm telling you this because this formula mirrors Christ's relationship with the church. I disagree with it. Then you have a you have a spiritual problem and a physical problem, and you're going to get divorced. Okay. Uh, no, I, I hate divorce. And so what's going to happen? You're going to stay in that stagnant until somebody dies. Uh, some passion. Uh, we we meet for our meetings and uh, in our meetings, and uh, uh, one is a funeral director, and um, 
And he was saying, well, he's picking up bodies now. But who I do with this? He got to the family. He's in the confident family in the hospital. And the husband was was uh, getting ready to pass. And family was gathered around. And um, and the pastor said um, that when he breathed his last, they said, listen carefully. And here's what the hospital staff said. The hospital staff said, okay, um, you can stay as long as you want, even if you want to stay overnight, uh, whatever it takes for you to get over this moment. After they died, the, the hospital staff were not out of the room before this happened. The wife went up to the husband, touched him and said, thank you, and walked out of the room to our next agenda. The hospital staff was shocked. The preacher, he said, I have never, never seen this. But guess what? Now, wait a minute. It didn't happen when he died. It happened before he died. It was already dead. They're just preparing to bury it. And the person still lives on with this flaw that can affect others. One thing that got me too, what the pastor was saying, that um, they were an, they were not a young couple. Uh, they were one was sixty five and the other was seventy two when they passed. I looked at the statistics. Now, now I just want to encourage you. If you, if you don't get, let me know that I'll get this, these statistics to you. And they're talking about thirty five percent, thirty five to thirty nine percent of couples. Uh, Young, young couples get a divorce. Then when they start talking about the second divorce and they, et cetera, et cetera. If you go to the site, they really break it down. Uh, I think it's Forbes uh, is one of the sites that you can look at. Uh, Wikipedia gets you started, but Forbes really brings it out. And um, and I said, well, that is that is literally mind-boggling. For these final last words, then let's let's go to. Um, the next slide there, Josh. One last thing. Ephesians 5.33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the uh, wife see that she respects her husband. There's a vast difference between recognize, acknowledgement, and respect. Recognize is a special um, uh, Recognition, you, you you see the person, yes, that's censor, that's recognized. Next one is acknowledge, acceptance of an existing truth. The other one is respect, the act of maintaining a high regard, deep respect for the personhood and position of an individual. Now, that's the one we want to hold on to. Not only in the oneness relationship, not only should the wife respect the husband, the husband being the priest, provider, protector, lover, and servant leader should always, always respect his wife. If you had the opportunity of seeing what the Jewish family did in, in respect to the wives, it's, uh, I, I, I forgot how many times they do it, whether it's once a week, whatever the case may be, they have a, a time where they show pure respect for all that the mother and the wife have done for the family. You know how that makes her feel good? No wonder she becomes the virtuous woman. No wonder she works hard. 
I know you ladies have you have you spent time cooking and then nobody says thank you or mm, it was good or I appreciate you cooking a meal or it is let's eat anything else in there you know I mean they did this you broke your neck and there's no respect for the provider and guess what you don't respect the person before you because you fail to respect the God who is above you. That's important. Here's the concept. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept anything I have to say. I'm telling you from what I've seen, and we have not even gone to some of the gross things I've seen over 40 years, all because individuals did not obey the word. word. And my question is this, what would that marriage would have been like if they started off with a relationship with the Lord the way it should be and a love for one another and total commitment? So that's my, my prayer for uh, each one of us in this room. Okay. Um, if you're not married, then pray for the families. Because you see, marriages is the only means of establishing establishing the next generation and so to establish that next generation then the husband and wife have to be not only friends companions but a wife or husband of that vow that you made that's so important well uh some of you are probably hearing it for the first time others uh through marriage conference you've heard me uh say this over and over again, I'm preaching to the choir, just uh, helping the choir to understand the words again and rehearse it and then apply it. Amen? Okay. So with that said, flip the next um, slide there, Josh. Before we go to the song, let's bow in the word of prayer. Father, help us to understand that you want it all. And that's why Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God with your reasonable service. I think that is so important that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Perfect will of God. Help us, Lord, to be committed to those God has placed in our lives. For the marriages, it's never too late until one is taken out of the way. So help us, Lord, to roll up our sleeves, lay our personal agenda aside, and become a Christ-like marriage that bless your heart, impact the lives of others, and then improve and enhance the beauty of the marriage. We're in a win-win situation. And if there be one Lord who might uh, listen to this blog that do not know Christ, the starting point is Jesus Christ, who is God who came into the flesh, the Son of God, perfect man, perfect God, who died on the cross of Calvary for our sins, was buried and rose again for the forgiveness of our sins. He is the receipt 
that says, God, we've been accepted. And all you have to say is, Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. And that you died on the cross of Calvary for me. Lord, I want to start off right. So I end up pleasing in your sight. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen.